Welcome to Temple of Black Cryptic Offerings, episode three, I think we're on now, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, cool. Uh, the monthly podcast, Roundtable, Sacrificial Music Dump, where the uh, ballsy studs of the Temple of Blair and some guys from Uberock get together and uh, bring a band each, compare them, contrast them, have a bit of a laugh, have a bit of a disagreement, have some sort of agreement, and hopefully everyone who's been bothering to listen comes out with four new bands that can go and check out themselves. So before we kick off, how are we doing then, lads? Uh, not too bad. How about yourself? Yeah, 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 pretty good. Of um, trying to wash the taste of his chicken spice mix out of my mouth because I'm just marinating some chicken for tomorrow because rock and roll. I've been uh, had to go to the doctor today because um, I started watching Age of Samurai Battle for Japan and I've had an erection that's uh, outlasted the prescribed <laughs> duration. Okay, it's pretty sexy stuff, isn't it? That one. It's fucking great. And I, you know, I feel really represented because the, the the main talking head who knew most about it was clearly like a Yorkshireman trying his best to suppress his, suppress his accent. Is it Big John B? No, no, even better. It's, it's like, imagine, you know, our mate Bob, who drinks too much. Yeah. Imagine him, but he's aged into an unreasonable age. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Bob's drowning at seeing a barrel full of rum. We all know that. Right, enough about our personal lives. So, we got four bands. Who wants to go first? Um, I'm easy, mate. Yeah, go on then, Jim. You can go first. What's your band? So i i kept it I kept it nice and simple for me this this time round. So I've I've got a band called Bantha Rider, which is a Star Wars themed stoner uh, instrumental act. Um, now. The appeal to, of this band to me was fairly fucking obvious as I'm a massive Star Wars fan. But when you listen to it, it to me, Sam and Peg once said that Friends, the TV show Friends, was screensaver for the mind. And I think the same can apply as a guitar player to this band. It's kind of like really simple, kind of stoner party. I don't even think it's stoner. It's got, it, it feels like, you know how I like my Nola Sludge? It feels like Alabama Thunder Pussy without Kyle Thomas um, singing, but it's also a pretty um, a pretty narcissistic excuse to commission Star Wars art of sand people ripping bongs and stuff like that. And I think that's like for me, that's a match made in heaven. So it's it's good driving music if you want me to put it in a particular kind of like pigeonhole. But for me, it just kind of ticked all them boxes. It's something I can just put on in the background and crack on with. But at the same time, I definitely. I definitely pay to see this band just sort of like this is a night out kind of band. And it's like its merge game is on point for the reasons I described earlier. <laughs> mm, I will weigh in on that, Jim, because that all might be the same. But do you know what my big, big problem with this band is? And this could cause a Star Wars argument between us because we haven't had one for a good 18 months. Go for it. But my big, big thing about this band was without the cover art or the merch or anything like that, there's nothing Star Wars about the music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but my thing is, don't Star Wars theme yourself unless you're going to put it in the music. Because you won't know. Do the the song titles not do it for you? No, because if you you do... Do you want a wanga? 
Yeah, it, that does it. But I wanted, you know, even if it was just some guys halfway through the song going, wanga, wanga, that would have done it for me. You know, but, <laughs> you know to say that it is what it is. It's just gener- it, not generic. It's decent stoner stuff, but it's not Star Wars stoner metal. There's no, I wanted my lyrics about being a fucking banther rider. That's what I wanted, like March of the Banthers. I wanted it to be Leviathan, but Star Wars, you know, Mastodon's Leviathan, but Star Wars thing. That's what I wanted. I see what you're saying, but I mean, like, it opens the it opens the kind of floodgate of how do we separate certain aesthetics from the music? Because we were on a pub quiz team called Cock and Ball Torture Parachute. Yeah. So, but that didn't reflect our output that evening. Yeah, but that was a pub quiz team and not people who have sunk their time and money into commissioning Star Wars artwork and then putting nothing Star Wars related in the music. I think it's a cheeky move, mate. The Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I did feel I was sort of missing the lyrics there. It felt like a layer that should have been on there. But I, I disagree that it doesn't feel Star Warsy. Like if you listen to it a few times, like because it is that sort of stoner desert rock sound, you do get sort of like heavy vibes of like the Tatooine desert. Well, that could be said about any stoner desert rock. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, I suppose you sort of you almost get led by the name, don't you, on that one? Yeah. Where if you know that it's Star Wars themed and you listen to it, you can find the theme. Yeah, yeah I, suppose, I suppose you're right. If I was listening to it blind and not know who they were, I don't know whether I would have uh, picked that one up. Yeah. See, see, Jim, the thing is, I think I've been spoiled by Anchorhead. Remember that band, from that death metal band who did like episode four quotes and all the music in a death metal song and it was nine minutes of amazing. I've been spoiled by that. You know, um, I've been saying after the Roadrunner thing, I'm going to do another smaller project. I've been I've been updating myself on that, and I've got a bit of planet that I want to run past you. But yes, we have been we have been spoiled by Anchorhead, and yeah. uh, Darth Elvis in the Imperials should get an honourable mention in this regard as well. It's just an Elvis tribute band, except all the lyrics are changed to Viva Moss Eisley and whatnot. Right, that's that's see, I get that. That's fine. That's that's what that's what Bantha needed, man. That's what they needed. <laughs> the only kind of I like the music. Uh, I'm fine with instrumental as well. The only kind of issue I really had of it was the songs were fairly samey. Yes. There wasn't a massive kind of difference between the songs too. I mean, Dave said about like nothing, there's nothing beyond the name, the merch that kind of indicates Star Wars. I think having maybe diff, slightly different themes to indicate different planets or, you know, races or, you know, whatever you wanted to kind of do it about would actually kind of add a lot more depth into what they've done well certainly from the one you put the, the ones you put on the list and people listen to is there merit to deliberately being surface level this is an open question i'm not like i'm not like um this isn't a retort this is an open yeah. question yeah um there can be but i think if you're going to go for very superficial in that way it's a lot more mainstream orientated and that's not mainstream music. And I think it's a bit more of a clash between the mainstream and the stoner market there than it is actually uh, an amalgamation maybe of the two. Interessant. I mean, could definitely agree though that the, the artwork is, is pretty fucking sick though. Yeah, the artwork is good, yeah. The artwork is sick and this is why I feel betrayed because I want to put <laughs> lyrics about, you know, the march of the Banthers and so like, you know, on the front you've got all these, uh, you know, uh, Tuscan Raiders fighting the Gamorrean guards. I wanted that tale in a song. 
I wanted like Tuscan Raiders assault in Jabba's palace. I wanted like expanded universe level of fucking nerdness in some lyrics and a Dink Garrett, and that's what I'm pissed off about. <laughs> <laughs> I do think Jim stitches up a little bit though with uh, was it Binary Sunset Massacre, which was just like a two minute almost like a drone at the start of an album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was like a deliberate like if you're gonna get any vibe, and I think yeah. that's kinda where it led you to sort of think about yeah, the okay. rock. You can picture like Tuscan Raiders in their own language going, right, we've got to go over the Dune Sea and we've got to fucking do this or something like that. And that's the kind of music that would accompany it in a weird way. In a, in a Tuscan Raider montage, that's what this is. Yeah, Tuscan Raider I, montage I, music. Have the Tuscan Raiders speaking in Tuscan Raider, you know. Have them speaking in that in the lyrics, then all on board. But yeah, we've been sold short. We've been sold short. I, I appreciate that the feedback is mostly like, this is cool. It's not reaching its potential. Yeah, that seems to be the unanimous. That seems to be the word around the room, which is good because it means you got to keep cracking on, boys. I love you. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Any more on uh, any more Banther Banther Herder? Was it Banther? Banther Rider. I'm looking. I'm looking at the truck. I'm looking at the trucker cap. Yeah. I'm seeing it's 10 euros and I'm thinking this is a good investment to accompany my dream troll t-shirt. <laughs> I tried to get this in time for the Dino interview, but now I'm going to make up for it by wearing it every other <laughs> Blair engagement. Jamie, if you got it in time for the Dino interview, would you have changed it to Dean Troll? Oh, <laughs> don't fucking rub something. I've already let him down. <laughs> Just mark us. <laughs> Anyway, no, I have nothing else on Banther Rider other than everyone should should listen to it and watch it intently for that reason. Yeah, all right, yeah. But, yeah, I, no, I agree. Bang, bang some lyrics in there, lads, even if it is just a random wonga wonga somewhere in the song and I'm, I'm sold. I, I think one possible way around it is if they make it audiovisual. So yeah. if they do videos where, I don't know, obviously, the ethics of using the footage from the actual films, mm. maybe, but maybe that kind of imagery in it yeah. could actually get past a lot of the kind of issues I have. Maybe the issue Dave has as well. Oh, no. I've got an idea, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we do a fan video. We all get to... Because I've got... A, right, right, we do, you know, Low by Foo Fighters, where Jack Black and Dave go just go and get shit-faced in like a trailer park. We should yeah. just do that, but dress as Tuscan Raiders and set it to one of the songs, and we're doing their job for them. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy who owns some wood so we can uh, we can dick around in there. <laughs> All right, then. cool. That was that one. Let's have a let's have an Uber then. So which Uber wants to uh chuck theirs for it? Go on Justin. Okay, uh, so the band I picked was Frail. Uh, I found it through the first EP that got actually got set, sent into the site and I was basically looking for something shortish to kind of do because I had a couple of hours gap but not enough to kind of listen through a full album kind of thing so for, for well four track EP Doom fuck it let, let's have a listen listen that went fuck me I want a full album with that now <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, almost minimalistic in the way they approached the well certainly on the first EP it was very minim, minimalistic uh, the White Witch beat being the title track of it it uh, that was the first song that really, really grabbed me because it's just that slow, monotonous riff with her really, really kind of ethereal, I guess, vocals over the top. Mm. 
and as much I've said it before, like, I love the kind of clash of the styles of the really kind of ethereal vocals, whether it's male, female. But I do love the sound of female vocals against rock and against metal. <coughs> but that kind of slow drone is so different to the vocals she's doing, mm. and I just really like it. Like, mm. uh, there's in the full album that was released. I think it was the end of uh, middle or end of last year. Uh, the there's uh, male vocals in there, kind of harsher vocals to add more into it. Uh, there's almost symphonic elements at times that post rock uh, adding into that. And the fabial vocals I've just been talking about on the uh, staff, which I included on the little list. Uh, and I just think that the way that they've progressed in a you know fairly short length of time as well from the first EP to the first full album and they've added so much more in without losing what they were I just think that they're well worth uh, people's time and more people finding out about them mm. yeah I, it's one of these where uh, I'll, I'll tell you my I'll tell you my thought process on this band I looked at the album cover and went this is a Justin band and the first group went <laughs> Definitely a Justin band. Then the vocals kicked in and went like, this is a complete Justin band. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my, um, I've, I've made notes this week. I've been having good. Uh, yeah. So my, my synthesis of this was, um, especially this song, um, Gods of Something, because I didn't write the end note on it. Um, I've got, it's like Paradise Lost. Yeah, Gods of No Faith. Yeah. yeah, Gods of No Faith, that's it. It's like Paradise Lost mixed with the vocals from the Drive soundtrack. It's like the film Drive where it's like the female, like, ethyl electronica. And I'm like, yeah, that, that, that works, that does. I, I like a bit of that, so yeah. Hmm. That's again, not something I'd normally go out and listen to, but like listening to it in the car, I was like, there was no intention to skip it or all like that. I was like, nah, no, no, this is good, I like it. But that one as well, it was... Like the paradise lost it because you had the gruff vocals with the female thing, but it yeah. it really did complement each other on that song. So yeah, I usually don't take too kindly to like sort of the doomy melancholy aesthetic. I usually go for something a little bit more upbeat. But you've caught me in the midst of a really long hard on. But <laughs> <laughs> I've also been listening to Coma, K H O M A. So yeah. like the the doom sort of aesthetic and that sort of alternate aesthetic was speaking to me in a big way. And you're really right about the ethereal vocals going over the top. It kind of like, yeah, it just resonated me at this time, which is something I don't normally go for, which is good. <clears throat> when I saw the cover and, um, and kind of the way they kind of brand themselves, it's, it's, that turns me off a little bit. Shut up, Dave. That turns me off a little bit because it, it, it feels that's when it feels too serious for me, especially when you have like other bits of, of their existence and their presence, which is kind of a bit more. How do I call it? It's kind of like that new school kind of aesthetic. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it feels very gothy when it comes to the actual record, but when it comes to the t shirts and things like that, it's kind of like I don't know what the, the, the art styles call it's kind of like cell shaded, where there's only like a few colors, but it's all quite striking where everything else is sort of a little bit more grey and dour. But, I don't know, I'm, I'm bringing up consistencies within branding as opposed to the music, which I'm just trying to pay a picture. It is good shit, it's slow and it's, it's sort of heavy. But it could, I think it's only do me in the speed. 
right? It's only doomy in the speed. It is melancholy as well, but it could sit elsewhere on the spectrum of like as where paradise lost its and things like yeah. that. But it does, it is kind of, yeah, it's good. It's catching, it's engaging. It doesn't all sound the same, which is really difficult for that mm-hmm. kind of band. And especially when it's a first EP in the first album. <clears throat> first EP, uh, first album, four years old as well. It doesn't sound like yeah. a four-year-old band. No. Hmm. I, I I did really like the the sort of the combination like the sort of, almost like they're almost like breathy um, female vocals aren't they, and it it gives like a real I don't know it's almost like an occult sort of vibe to it, mm-hmm. um, like they're not going out there to be overtly scary or creepy, but the combination of the sort of like the slow heavy riffs and and her vocals still sort of sends that like that little shiver down your spine, like there is something about it that. I know, it just just puts you a little bit on edge, but in a good way, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it it almost feels like a kind of impending menace mm. that doesn't actually materialize. It, it, does that make sense? Yeah, it's like the the bit in a horror film before you get to a jump scare. It's that mm-hmm. that build up, isn't it? But yeah, you don't uh, get the the jump scare at the end of it. It's just that general feeling of unease i suppose mm-hmm. yeah. oh, what, what was it from peep show a, a serious sense of dread or something like that where we all <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah but no i get that there, there was something almost gentle about it as well which is a really weird thing to describe a metal song mm. yeah and especially i mean as much as i've said it, it's slow and all that there's definitely it's almost kind of sludgy in a way in the really slow monotonous riffs it, it's I can see a band like Conan doing very similar riffs mm. but obviously the vocal style is very very different from Conan yeah. uh, and so that's why I, I would kind of still go with Doom but I, what Jim said before about you could it could sit elsewhere I, I agree 100% you know I could easily put that with occult rock metal I'd easily put it with the gothic metal stuff that typo negative Mm. And especially when you look at the full album rather than the EP as well, where they added a lot more kind of textures and layers into the sound in some songs. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely a lot more there that I think maybe not directly inspired by Typo, judging by the actual sound of it, but maybe more of a kind of lean that way than there was in the EP. Mm. It's a drab aesthetic, isn't it? It's not yeah. a doom aesthetic, and it's not strictly a gothic aesthetic. It <laughs> is there, but it's not—it's not hitting the bullseye on each of those bits, no. which is what makes it unique. It's what makes it ac- accessible because it's like it's—it's it's traversing all those worlds. Yeah. You're gonna find that I like everything this week. There's nothing <laughs> against anyone. I actually like for for a change. I actually like everything. Oh no, failed. (laughs) (laughs) We've got any more on frail then, or if I think we've said uh, gentle gothic dreariness that we all quite like is, you know, something to check out. Yeah, man. Cool, right. um, I'll go next then, seeing as that's how we're, uh, we're running this show. So I have picked Anzat, and Anzat, I have no story about seeing this band live. I apologise for that, because for the previous two, I haven't, because um, by the looks of it, they've released an EP in 2017, then had three years off, and then brought out an album in 2020. So 
So on their album page, they bill themselves as like an old school black metal sound. And there is that there. But what they what they sound like to me is it's like how George Miller described Mad Max Fury Road when he directed it. He goes, Mad Max Fury Road is Mad Max is the film he wanted to make when he made Mad Max the Road Warrior. Apart from at the time he didn't have the budget or the technology. And that's what I think these guys have done with the old school black metal. They've taken all the sort of like musical sensibilities, all the speed and the tone of it, but they haven't recorded it in a bin on a tape player. <laughs> they've used some actual electronics to it and they've discovered like the major scales and gone, ooh, we can put a little bit of that in there without changing the um without changing the feel of it. But what I really liked about these is, is, they, um, is the track uh, uh, For You Men Who Stare Into The Sun, because like the start of that, it was it starts off with like, this weird jangly intro, and then it's just some guy who's basically trying to be false of doom from Conan, like shouting out the name of the song, and then it descends into madness. It's brilliant. But what I got from listening to the EP and then the album is the EP is kind of poppy in a way, which is really weird for a black metal thing to sound. There's some really poppy hooks on the EP. Mm. Possibly on a couple of the tracks I put there because I thought this is really unusual to hear in a black metal song. But I think they are one of them bands where you'd go see them live, but you wouldn't headbang to them because it's too fast to headbang to, but you'd just stand there going, yeah, I like this shit. So yeah, and I really do hope the tour when things start touring because I'd definitely, definitely go see them. Because I want a tail about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to dive in first on this one, I think. So I, I really liked Anzac. I was I was really impressed. Hey. Um, but to me, they although they build themselves as sort of like that old school black metal sound, I I found them more like some of the more modern black metal bands, um, particularly Maguire. I think they are a little bit Maguire. I think yeah, even their whole like aesthetic. You know, they do a similar thing where it's like black jackets, hoods up, um, right. covered faces that sort of whole aesthetic is very similar to Maguire and, and the music was as well like there was it was black metal but there was I think like say you like poppy elements there was like um, a lot of melody in there yeah. as well and I completely agree with your comment about recording as well because it's so so common isn't it with like the traditional black metal bands where it does sound like someone's shoved a tape player in a bin <laughs> pretty much did That's, you read all the interviews they're pretty much did yeah. it sounded like no it's got the like, quality where it's like oh this is pretty cool you can actually hear everything which is the good thing you know yeah. you've got to be savage but you've got to hear everything being savage and not just we've done this in a bin to sound brutal and it goes it sounds like yeah exactly I think uh, my, my theory about how you found this band as well is, is I know for a fact that you listen to Maguire Radio on uh, on Spotify for your black metal sleepy time sleepy time black metal yes <laughs> <laughs> so was it by any chance that that uh, turned up ants out for you they might have turned up on sleepy time black metal or it might have been sleepy banned from sleepy time black metal I think the war I think it was one called have a Karunu. we've got too many following so I can't talk about one I think it was them and it was banned similar to this and then discovered Anza and just saw that cover of two skeletons jousting each other and like yep done let's have a listen to this <laughs> but yes Johnny sleepy time black metal does play a does play a role in this I thought it might do <laughs> uh, I didn't get it. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I yeah. You know, I, I make no secrets of. But I very, very rarely do get black metal. Yep. When it when I do, it tends to be stuff like the Satyricon, yeah, and stuff, yeah, rather than anything else. And yeah, I just I listened through it. I listened a few times. I tried listening at different times when I was in different headspaces, different positions. <laughs> uh, no, I was probably still sat on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's a reason I, I put on weight over lockdown. <laughs> so yeah, um, I just didn't get it, and that's perfectly okay because there's lots of black people that I don't get. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, my one line. As you said before, it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. <laughs> I, I literally just put four words. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, what, like we said, that's 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 fine, mate. Yeah, well, there's plenty more of these to do, and like I said, we'll we'll go to gigs and stuff, and I'll just go. Justin, step into this room with me. No, Dev, come, Justin. Well, no, you. The thing is, I do appreciate black metal live. It's because I just. I think hearing it live and hearing it in that broader format, mm. I would appreciate it more. I mm. got into what I'm from seeing them live. I got into, well, whereas I did kind of like Satyricon, I had the chance to go and see them with, uh, there was a friend from Twitter who was in Manchester, so met up with him for the first time, and we were literally drinking in the place next door to where the gig was on. So we went, you know what, fuck it, let's go in. And I just massively got into Satyricon after that. So it might just might just be that I need to see them live properly to yeah. maybe appreciate it more. Yeah, yeah, let's do it, man, Jim. So it's it's kind of a Trojan horse, isn't it, for you men who gaze into the sun and it drops you into that fucking ass. <laughs> it's, it is good. It's it's completely on brand for you for that reason and for the insanity that ensues. But it's interesting you talk, you talk about the pop sensibilities because I didn't get a pop sensibility. I got a very very thin troll. As, um, sensibility in the bridges and how a lot of the main riffs are tremolo sort of oriented and then they sort of in certain movements sort of make it more melodic and make it a little bit more accessible yeah. it really felt like Fintroll but that's probably my experience of black metal rather than them trying to traverse the genre or anything like nah, that I think, I think it's like Johnny said I think there has been this movement with modern black metal to put these little like hooks in there and stuff because I think the sort of like four single notes played as fast as oh to death with some guy screaming Satan over the top of it has been done to death and they realise that and they can still keep that old school vibe but have it sounding new and there's something different where you can infinitely mess around with it and yeah you get the you get the Fintroll vibe but not as much as Mole by Tacky, where he uses a banjo in it, and it's the best yeah. thing ever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but it's that, it's that thing, but it does work within the song as well. And it's like, it, and it's cool that you can bring, like I said, that savage black metal riff rate with a little bit of melody in it, and it doesn't make it shit, and it doesn't make it not black metal. I think like because the, the, there's been like a wave of nostalgia about that first sort of wave of black metal, or if you want to call it like second or third early '90s mayhem stuff, where it is kind of just like. So anything else laid on top of that feels like nuance. So mm. I think that kind of is like an underlying theme on this new sort of black metal stuff. Mm. One thing is like the name Ansat, it doesn't imply anything. It kind of keeps it nice and agnostic, whereas yeah. Panther Rider, frail. Brian <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. you get a sort of, you get an image like handed to you. And yeah. I think that's, what's that? Sorry to interrupt you, but didn't we, didn't we cover this on um, Normal Blair where you looked into it and it's old Dutch for hatred? <laughs> I don't uh, remember. Are they Belgian, not Dutch? They are uh, Belgian. Yeah, Belgian. Sorry, they are Belgian. Sorry, old Flemish for um, hatred. Then I apologise to Anzat for calling you Dutch. <laughs> you uh, Anzat is a Dutch word, but yeah. Belgian. Uh, okay, well, whatever. Um, well, yeah. it's a British word for Anzat. Countries. <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah, and um, one. Well, 
One thing I did find that uh, maybe you'd missed, Dave, was uh, you said about the three-year gap between the, yeah. vocal, the vocalist in another band that he had to split and a full length in between. Oh, all right. Okay. So it, it could be that because of the other project, this yeah. is more of a side thing. I will check them out, actually, because I like I like the vocals on this. Okay. Mm. Um, what was the name? Uh, Oz Venefikian. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> Put it in a chat, mate. Put it in a chat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because you fucking laughed at me, Dave, I'm going to talk about the branding. <laughs> I think it's important to like look at the bigger spectrum. If we're saying roll your dice on this band and spend money on this band, you want them. You not only do we just want to support them, but you want yeah. to know that they're in good hands and they've got a good idea of what they're delivering, right? So, yeah. like, like for example, I remember remember when Dragon Force kicked off, like in the late 2000s, and there was a few clones out there, and there was one called Adrenaline Overdrive, and mm-hmm. it was like. It was trying to be Dragon Force, but with a baritone singer, but not deliberately doing a baritone singer. It was like a child singing. It was really cringy and horrible. And, and sort of like, you kind of wanted to get behind it, but you couldn't because you knew it wasn't going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's why I look at the cover for Anzans for you, uh, men who stand to the sun, go, this lot know what they're fucking doing. Yeah. And it's like, right, you can you can definitely, it's worth keeping an eye out. It's worth having it on your social feeds and taking up space in your fucking head uh, to think about this band because you know when you do go see them, they've got a trajectory and they know what they're going to do. And they're on a, a label called Immortal Frost Fucking Productions. Yeah, I've, I've like, been, yeah, I've been looking through them as well going, yeah, there's probably some other bands I need to have a look at on here too. My point about this is everything about it is deliberate and that's important. Mm. It's very important, especially as to how I look at bands. Mm. And mm. so, fuck you for laughing at me. I <laughs> <laughs> can't find any merch, though. <laughs> the point I forgot to make in my intro was I've, I've also never noticed a black metal band that has two songs about concrete on one album. I've never noticed a black metal band that has one song about concrete on an album, but there we go. Maybe somehow work for next time for you, Dave. Yeah, definitely. Find, find another black metal band that sings yeah. concrete. All, all of your choices have to be black metal bands with yeah. concrete in this. Concrete yeah. car, it's going to happen. You, you could do a, a series of uh, shows, couldn't you, about bands that will really cement themselves into your uh, memory. Really? Oh. <laughs> Building core. <laughs> Lads, we're going completely off track on this. It's meant to be a serious, serious musical analysis. So. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I think they booked the wrong people then. Yeah. <laughs> Any more on the Low Country's favourite builder called Black Metal Band? Yeah. I mean, I did tell you about the, the band I came across called Shred Dibner, didn't I? You did, yes, Shred Dibner. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they weren't shreddy or dibnery enough from my. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I suppose it's probably time I, I suppose uh, direct this back on track. And, um, yeah, definitely, man. Um, so I, I've got. Like with the rest of the bands that I've, I've done so far, I've got, got a bit of a story with this one. Um, so I went on the Sabaton cruise back in 2017. Um, and at the end of the night, they like move everyone into like the kids disco area and have like, like a little metal disco thing on this. Uh, like I like say it's a cruise ship. It's a passenger ferry. Um, and I was in there getting smashed as, as you do. And I got chatting to this uh, big Swedish bloke called Simon um and don't remember much of what he said um he vaguely talked about some band that he was in but i remember the next day i woke up and i went to um go back to the bar to get a drink opened my wallet and had no money left in it 
but I did have a, a bar receipt that had the words Primal Instinct written on it. <laughs> it was his child line. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so, so I got back and I, I checked him out and I, I started off with um, the song Jackalopes. I listened to it and I thought, oh, hang on a minute. I think there's something here. This is this is actually uh, really good. So, and it's interesting because the song Jackalopes, like, as he talks about these uh, murdering hair-like creatures with antlers, um, and it, it almost seems to form like a common thread throughout um, the band's style. So you'll notice that the album artwork has this sort of human rabbit hybrid on it, and their logo has it, has it as well. So not entirely sure where that has come from, but that is definitely a common theme. But if I was to sort of describe how Primal Instinct sound, like I keep telling people that if you were to set up a sliding scale between Pantera and Blackstone Cherry, they're sort of somewhere in the middle of that. It's sort of like really groovy, um, heavy rock. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of influences from, from modern metal bands. Um, yeah, particularly, there's, there's a bit of Lamb of Gods in some of them. There's a bit of bit Machine Head as well. Um, so I picked up their latest album, Devastation, uh, last year for the website. Um, and the whole album, like cover to cover, was, was really solid. Um, yeah, it's... All of it is like groovy metal, apart from they've got one song um, called Crossroads, which is like a heavy blues song, which was almost written as like a, hey, look, I know we could do this like heavy stuff, but look, fucking hell, we could do blues as well. So there's our other angle. <clears throat> so and, and when I finished reviewing that album, I, I, I distinctly remember putting a closing statement on the review saying that it was almost like if you took Five Finger Death Punch and removed all the bullshit teenage angst, You'd, you'd be left with something like this and yeah, yeah it absolutely works for me and it's it's something that i think's got really strong potential to break into that sort of modern metal mainstream like it's the kind of thing that you could easily imagine being played in you know like satan's or or any other like rock clubs i suppose key club maybe it leads when they're not playing pop punk mm. <laughs> uh, it, it is that sort of thing it really deserves to be in the in the mainstream because it's it's that sort of style it's mm -hmm. not in its own little niche it's very much out there yeah well i'm gonna piggyback straight back on what you said johnny because in front of me <laughs> i have notes that say the words cowboy new metal what five finger death punch want to be well, there you go <laughs> there is that there is that riffage where you're like oh this is a bit of all right then with ffdp the teenage angst kicks in and you go, Ugh. whereas with this lot, you're like, no, it's something different. Let's give it a bit of a listen. How long have these guys been around? Uh, so the debut came out in 2018. So they're still relatively young, like most of the bands we're talking about here, really. They've all, I think all of them started around the same time, haven't they? Are we just reviewing baby bands today? <laughs> it seems like it. <laughs> I, I have nothing to add because you've absolutely nailed it on the head. I mean, I think in terms of where it sits it sits exactly where most of my sensibilities started like with that between pantera and blackstone cherry that era of of hard rock when they started learning how to mix guitars properly and stuff like that it's when people started giving a shit about gear it's if these were around 10 years ago we wouldn't they wouldn't they wouldn't qualify for this <laughs> yeah for this podcast <laughs> because they, because it would be just before the cd boom drops 
Yeah. Uh, or the CD, sorry, the streaming boom drops and the CD market completely collapses. And people would have been buying it, this kind of thing, because this was completely yeah. in vogue 10, 15 years ago in that sweet spot. Completely. I them on Napster. Yeah. In that regard, these are a nostalgia act. It's, it's simply taking the best of that era and, and deploying it in the age of pure saturation. So, I can, again, I've got nothing to add. I've got it's exactly what you said there. The, to be fair, though, they are the first band that we've come to talk about that have actually deployed getting a girl to to model the merch. <laughs> hey, the, the one I picked last time also do have girls in their merch. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I clearly wasn't paying much attention there. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> We've got two entrepreneurs, two bands that were entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah. They are hard yeah. to market. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually picked up, uh, you mentioned the song Crossroads. That's actually the song I picked up kind of the most on. Mm-hmm. It actually reminded me of uh, Zach Wilde's Pride and, Glo- uh, Pride and Glory. Yes. Mm. It's that, it's it's not bluegrass, but it's almost like that because you've got the banjo in it there at the start. There's that kind of, I guess, swamp like a Louisiana region kind of swamp is what I took from that rock just because of the overall tone of the song rather than it being a bit more upbeat say like losing my mind from Zach Wilder as I just mentioned I, I'm not I'm generally quite blase about the likes of Five Finger it's, they're not my kind of thing but I can appreciate what they've done why they've had influence uh, and yeah I I saw the same things. Modern melodic metal core with groove in it. So mm. yeah, never picked up picked up the heavy blues as well from Crossroads. It's yep. blatantly obvious when you listen to the track. It's interesting that you mentioned like the sludgy, the sludgy sort of like um, sort of bluesy part of Crossroads. I've got now an analogy which I feel is a bit different from the way you say, Johnny. But imagine like it's two thousand five, two thousand six, and you're still reviewing footage of the Dimebag murder. And like there's the having those nights where you're like fucking hell, what the hell is going on with like this guy Ed shot and he, all the offshoots down, hell yeah. And all that stuff started going up on YouTube, like Southern Isolation, the old Phil Anselmo project. And people are becoming a lot more familiar with how that sound developed, like the Phil Anselmo heroin years and things like that. And then you wake up the next day and remember that you're still into Kill Switch. That's what it fucking sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's the essence of dime bags smeared on kill switch. Is that what we're saying? It's the essence of it's the whole essence of that three year period, and yeah. what all those those ex members of Pantera did in their own sort of like in the own weird you know nuances and all the their glory and all that shit, and then it's just got a completely modern and accessible sensibility to it, which was what was in vogue. Yeah, it's, then- it's so it's so poignant, and the pride and glory comparison is bang on. Yeah, for that reason. Well, it's weird to say it's all this sort of like swamp rock redneck shit, and where's it from? Fucking Sweden, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the front cover of Devastation is fucking awesome as well. I love big spectacle covers like that. Devastation. Oh yeah. Nah, it's Jack- Jackalops is the best. Just red- redneck Jackalop. Yeah, done. Yeah. Sorted. Sold. <laughs> It's again, me and my weakness for album covers and band logos. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. I'll listen to that. I mean, it, it works, though, doesn't it? I mean, that's that's part of, part of the game, isn't it? I really am. It's it's 
shameful how much of a sucker I am for it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's there's no there's been no bad ones for me this week. It's been a good good innings. Who's gonna get my ten quid though? Who's gonna get my ten quid like Dream Child did? Um, I'm sorry, I've got a T-shirt where there's a lion eating a sun, and it's got con- and it's got the word concrete on it. So you know. <laughs> I don't know, the Panther Riders trucker cap though was looking was looking pretty good. Pretty tasty, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, sorry, it doesn't have concrete on it, sorry. <laughs> we'll show that. Dave's, Dave's already mis-selling to try and win. <laughs> Dave's legal trial. The low countries are gonna sue me. Ants are gonna sue me for misrepresenting him. It's, it's all going off. It's all going off, man. <laughs> Jim's, Jim's gonna sue, sue you for the cost of a new t-shirt. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Hey, right, lads. So I think we've had a vaguely successful one today. There's been no fallings out. There's been, you know, there's been civil discussion. We've got a bit of psychic energy going on with five finger death punch, but good. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, then. I think right. it's been been good fucking innings, to be honest. Yeah. We'll leave it there then and not spoil it. So closes out with socials. So um, Uberog fuck, if you want to go first. Go, Justin. That's uh website is uber-rock.co.uk uh, my own socials are at DJ Asher Creep and that is on Twitch on Twitter and on Instagram uh, I think the Instagram for uberrock is uberrockkicksass yep. and I think it's basically the website name for Twitter and obviously on, on Facebook as well and then uh, yeah. my own personal one um, so on Instagram I am Bear Jazzmaster so you can see my music work and also the ridiculous amount of effort I'm piling into converting a van that I started to wish I'd never started <laughs> it is pretty sweet it is pretty sweet into an abduction vessel <laughs> Johnny's going to Vader yeah <laughs> can't speak ah. about Gojira even though the new album fucking rocks <laughs> Jim, um, just Google Temple of the Lair. Yeah, just Google it. Just, just Google it. I'm fucking, I managed <laughs> to carve out a niche there, so I'll do that. Uh, and I'm on nothing, especially if you want to contact me about a stag do. Yeah. <laughs> the unreachable man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And on that thing, we'll leave it as always with saying that's Blair for neck. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's never gonna get old. <laughs>